Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Craig Martin. Welcome to the Inside Connection, coming to you live from Los Angeles. Well, we have more Scorpio energy coming at us. First Jupiter, then Mercury, the Sun, now Venus, and in mid-December, even Mars is going to join the Scorpio train of planets in this powerful and mysterious sign. Haven't we been going through some changes? Yes, we have. Globally, it seems like there's an awful lot going on. Scorpio asks us to let go, right? So that's what we've been doing. And now it's Venus's turn to travel through Scorpio. Not, in fact, her favorite sign. Venus is the detriment of Scorpio, meaning that they don't really mix well together. Venus customarily is much more at home in Taurus, where she can be about beauty But in Scorpio, she finds herself mixed with very intense emotions, sexual desire, and even symbolic death, letting go and transformation, not the usual Venus dream qualities. However, transformation is key to healing, and today we're going to be looking at relationships and our need to heal ourselves as we prepare to be in a good relationship, as well as our need to understand that relationships have the capacity to heal us especially when we decide that we're done with the ones that simply re-traumatize us. So, mixed with Jupiter, Venus is large and in charge, and this particular Venus in Scorpio takes no prisoners. She reminds me a little bit of the Hindu goddess Kali, who's the destroyer of evil forces, a very strong and decidedly direct liberating force that cleaves us from the bondage to ignorance and our ego that we're all so comfortably suffering from. That's quite a mouthful there, sorry. But we do. We are so comfortable with our ego state, our ignorance to our own actions, that a Kali Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Scorpio is going to add even more energy to the present awakening that we're all going through. And you were probably wondering if we could take any more of that. Yes, we can. Liberation is key here. In contrast to the idea of bondage, liberation is being freed from bondage. So if Venus in Scorpio is a liberator, then she has the capacity to change us from one state of being to another, all under the direction of love. It could be a very dynamic and positive energy for us all. What I'd like to do now is bring on my guest today. I want to welcome to the show Gemini Ferry. She's a relationship and dating coach from Southern California. Gemini, welcome to the Inside Connection. Hi, Dr. Craig. Welcome, everybody, and hello. Hi. So, listen, I understand from your personal journey in love that um, it was your personal journey that helped bring you to relationship coaching and um, that you had an awakening about yourself and about love and healing. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that awakening entailed and how you bring those realizations to your work. Yes, that's a very good question. And I love the introduction and hearing about what's happening with the planets. And I, what I, the, the word that really comes to mind is, is a personal death. The personal death is being guided, is being facilitated for us to let go of what's not working and really embrace the next level, which can feel like our world is falling apart. And that's exactly what happened with me. Uh, I would say about 
seven, eight years ago when I gave another one last chance at at love by really giving everything that I had, all my love, all my compassion, my kindness, everything to this relationship that I was in about seven, eight years ago that was so manipulative, so controlling, so difficult, such a such a struggle. And no matter how hard I tried to do everything right, Dr. Craig, it just wasn't working. I wasn't getting the love that I was hoping to get if I just tried hard enough. So I basically came up against the old system inside of me that was guiding me to try to get and feel love, which I was obviously trying to do from the outside in. I, I didn't at the time know that that just didn't work. So I remember waking up one day and realizing that I was never going to get this person to love me no matter what. So I made up in my mind that perhaps love was something that happened to other people, but not for me. And I thought maybe I'm just meant to be single the rest of my life, which is something that I commonly hear from a lot of single women who have had a lot of struggles in love. So I gave up on love and I realized I'm still very young. I have a long ways to go. Why don't I focus on at least making myself happy since I'm going to be alone the rest of my life? Okay. So I dove into a very, very deep journey into myself to really get to the bottom of how in the heavens I had contributed to all of those terrible relationships because it had to do something with me. So when I finally got it, I remember the day was probably the most one of the most happiest days of my life where I had a, an insight that came from the deepest part of me that said, I'm the one I've been dreaming of all my life. I'm the one. And I've missed myself because I've been looking outside of myself for that love. And it was such a joyous moment. And, of course, a few days later, I ended up meeting somebody that I ended up falling in love with. And it was the most extraordinary relationship. And then later I married the next person. And, you know, now we're together and just having an extraordinary uh, conscious, loving relationship. And so what I realized is that I had to give up what wasn't working to embrace something New And I think that goes very well with the theme of what's going on in, in the planets right now. So how I bring this to my clients is I, I help them see for themselves, I help, help them witness those old dying systems inside that they're still trying to hold on to, to try to access the love that they want. Right. So it's very once beautiful. They, it's very beautiful mm-hmm. what you said about that, that realization of self-love and and yeah. self responsibility it's so it's an yeah. enormously important part of this of 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 this journey is and and when you're talking about it in terms of like what needs to be let go of and and what needs to die really in that mm-hmm. in that Scorpio realm you know since Scorpio rules all of that is that outward projection like i'm going to be loved from outside me Right. And I know where that comes from. It happens every single time. It's proved every single time when I work with somebody new. That that need to try to get love from somebody else comes from a, a perception that we did not get enough love from our caregivers, from our parents growing up. So therefore, we try to get a, a partner to try to make up for that love that we think we didn't get. Right. So if does that, does, here's a good question. Mm-hmm. Does 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 everyone fundamentally feel that way? Do we all fundamentally feel some 
um, you know, lack of love from the parental caregivers? Almost everybody, and the people that that don't because they really do feel and believe that they got all the love they needed and whatnot, uh, I think it's it flips in a sense where they're so used to getting so much love from the outside that they didn't quite learn how to give that to themselves, and so then they get stuck in that pattern of somebody out there is going to care for me, somebody out there is going to give me what I need, and so the the opportunity is to really be able to stand on your own two feet and to become your main, not the only, but your main source of love and support so that all the love that's coming from outside of you is really the icing on the cake, not the actual cake itself. Right, and it, it's something actually that, that caregivers, I like the way you said caregivers because it doesn't necessarily have to be our parents, right? But right. the people who were parenting us, um, in fact, they they are are supposed to be teaching us how to love ourselves. It's part of it's part right. of something that, but it isn't also customarily thought of in parenting. Customarily, like we love the child, then the child feels loved. Not we right. teach the child how to love itself. Right, right, and to the degree that parents are loving and being there for themselves very actively, is to the same degree that they're going to be able to pass on those same lessons to their children. Great, good exampling, right? We have to, we have to be good examples. Yeah, we can't just, we can't, we certainly can't, um, uh, you know, pound that over someone's head ever a lesson. We have to, we have to first be a good example of the lesson that we want to teach. Exactly. I have a fantastic example from one of my clients. She's been working with me for just over a year, and she has a 10-year-old daughter. And one of the main practices that I teach people in terms of loving and being there for themselves is that when they have a difficult emotion that's being triggered by their partner, for example, rather than trying to get the partner to change right away, right, you want to focus inside of yourself and you want to place your hand where you feel the difficult emotion. You want to breathe love into it, not because you want to change it, not because you want to fix it, not even because you want to heal the emotion, but simply because you want to love and be there for it so it knows it's safe and that you care about it. So the statement that I have people say to themselves is, precious part of me, I see you, I feel you, and I am right here with you. And I have them feel that on the deepest level, and they're able to access a love that they thought was only possible from the other person. And so in this example with one of, one of my clients with her 10-year-old, her 10-year-old came to her sharing with her that she was feeling shy or insecure at school for whatever reason, and her mom taught her that exercise. And then uh, maybe a couple weeks later, the daughter came to the mom and said, Mom, you know, I was feeling scared about this or that, and I did that exercise, and it worked. It made me feel better, and it was such a beautiful example of what it is to really teach kids how to love and be there for themselves so that they're not completely always and only relying on the parents' love. Yeah, I, I, I feel like uh, it, it certainly uh, rocked me just sitting here, you know, listening to you describe it in that way and how um, I think that one of the one of the great issues that we come up against when we're working with people is that they 
they don't really have a strong sense of self-love. They don't really, they haven't mm-hmm. really developed what that is. And the notion that it's because they never really had to, they never really had to because on the one hand, either they really didn't get uh, loved enough by their by their parents or caregivers, um, which it seems like a little bit more of an obvious um, way that we could end up not understanding what self love is. But the, mm-hmm. by the opposite, by the opposite, that we continue to believe that love is coming from the external environment, and right. the, you know, rather rather than it's something that we need to look for inside of ourselves. I liked what you said here about presence. Like, like, um, you know, I find right here, right now, I find right here, right now in, in myself, this, this point of love, this precious point of love, you know, like in who I am right now at this moment, it sounded the word that came up for me was presence to have that presence, that awareness that, um, that we're, we can be in a, in a state of self-love at any moment if we just, um, you know, embraced that notion that we're here for ourselves. Absolutely. That, that living light of love that is always shining so brightly inside is just a moment away. All we need to do is take a deep breath of love into it, place our hand wherever we feel it in our bodies, and just by becoming aware of it, we begin to experience it as our very life. Yeah, yeah. Like the the um, the idea that there may be something that someone feels is is unlovable. You know that something mm-hmm. someone may feel is unlovable. It could, it could be a part of their personality, although all too often it has to do with our judgments about our physical Ooh, appearance right. and stuff like that. But you can you can literally go to that place and you can be, I'm here with you, I'm present with you, I see mm-hmm. you, I love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. very, very, very powerful. So Very you work powerful. with you work with mostly women, but you also work with men and you also work with couples. Yes, that's right. Yeah. I, I do say in my website that I primarily focus on working with women and then that that of course has not stopped men and couples wanting to work with me, which I'm very yeah. welcoming of, of course. Yeah, no, that's the and the, and that's really great. And I think that one of the one of the uh, the things that we're obviously seeing in the world right now is how much need there is for women to connect with this concept of self-love so that they can have the self-healing, so that they can go on to develop their relationships with people who will legitimately mirror for them the self-love that they've found. Instantly. It happens so instantly because the moment say that we're at a 30% level of loving and being there for ourselves, and then we jump to a 50%, we absolutely will start to show up very differently in our relationship. And our partner, of course, is going to notice. Uh, He or she may not be able to point their finger on what's happening, but they're going to respond differently to how we're showing up, and that's going to start to create a different dynamic with, with each other. 
it, it, it creates a different dynamic with the universal energy, right? First, before we mm-hmm. even encounter someone, you, you, the universal energy realizes that you're having a different dynamic with yourself, and so then it responds back to you in a different way. Just that full environment, the full environment, the grocery checkout person that you encounter is going to have a different experience of you if you're having a different experience of yourself. Absolutely. And to the degree that we feel our own love and support is to the same degree that we're able to feel someone else's love and support and to feel the universe's love and support. Right. Right. It's very, it's very powerful, very sort of integral to our understanding of relationship dynamics because so many people do feel like they're going to find this person and this person is going to make them happy. Right, but I think what the way that we learn that that's not the way that, that it works is that we, most of us have to go through this experience of trying to get love from outside of us and then it not working and then scratching our heads and wondering what we're doing wrong and why it didn't work. And so that's when we are really inspired and motivated to find a new approach that right. we well, don't that know. Was your ex- yes. That was your experience, mm-hmm. right? You had enough conscious awareness to question that. But a lot of people, what I'm saying, is that they actually don't. They continue to, you know, bark up that wrong tree for years and years and years. They don't go Until back and... Re- yeah, yeah. If, if yeah. there's a breaking point, if there is. you know. <laughs> I think the breaking point also, though, can sometimes send those individuals for guidance. Maybe they're yeah. capable of, of following their path, listening to this radio show episode, or reaching out and contacting you for a session or contacting me for one. You know, that mm-hmm. sometimes people from, and I love the idea of past life experience, uh, p- perhaps get reawakened to something that they did learn in a past life, whereas other people may not have gotten that, and it's much harder for them to self-realize. Like self-realiz- yeah. Self-realization is a, is a good thing, and it's an amazing thing for people who have spent a lot of time, you know, in meditative practice and are very accustomed to self-confrontation and being able to sit in the silence and and look at themselves. But for generally, for for people who are not um, very seasoned in that, and one of the things Mm -hmm. that I talk about is how culturally we're not encouraged to do that. Right. Our American culture, we're not really encouraged to go in and explore in an introspective way, really. But yet, even then, we still have the opportunity through therapy or or coaching or reading or um, or or a friend who's been in a situation like that. We have an opportunity to self-reflect and grow. Yes. Yes, thank goodness. I I really do believe that the universe is always presenting us with opportunities to grow and to evolve, and we may miss a lot of those signs, and and what I've noticed happens is that those those signs and that, that feedback from life just gets louder and louder and more painful until we wake up from, from that super. Correct. The wake-up call, right? Mm-hmm. The, the wake-up mm-hmm. call, like very, very few people who are, who are drinking and driving, right, their very first experience 
is like a rollover car crash, right? <laughs> first, mm. first, they have yeah. a cop pull them over and give them a ticket. You know, there's always mm-hmm. like a, a subtle wake-up call. And what you're saying is okay. in relationships, the stakes get higher and higher as well. We'll keep bringing in the next level of re-traumatization, which is something I I talked about in the introduction um, in thinking Mm -hmm. about you. And and I, and I wrote about that, that it's, that it's time for us to, you know, reconsider that, um, that we should be done with relationships that simply re-traumatize us. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we don't realize that though. Right. And that's what you were saying about, you thought you'd just go back and try one more time, you know, and it turned out to be even more manipulative and even more destructive than it had been previously. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I really hit a breaking point. And I think we need that sometimes to wake up because we're, we're too attached to trying to do it our way. And we don't want to listen because it's inconvenient sometimes to listen to that, that inner guidance, because it doesn't match the person who we think we should be. It doesn't match the life that we have. And we see that we might have to let go of quite a bit of our lives in order to embrace what actually feels right and what we know is true. And I think a lot of times we, as human beings, you know, with our ego, we can just kick and scream and pretend that we don't see and hear that voice when, you know, we we do. It's there. Well, defensiveness is certainly a huge, a huge human problem. (laughs) Right? The way in which we're going to defend our reality, even if in the face of tremendous levels of fact, our reality is not true. (laughs) We, mm. we we see that a lot in the news these days, um, that, you know, our public figures are more than happy to continue to defend an obvious lie and um and and continue to walk down that path of denial. It's it it's it's important, I think, what you're saying is that in order to be able to have an authentic relationship with another person in order to be able to, that you have to have really intimacy with yourself. You have to yes. have that that level of self-honesty. Uh, my definition of intimacy is, is a, an emotional honesty. Um, yes. Sort of a very simple. But you have to have that level of emotional honesty with yourself. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's so true. So, yeah. you know, I have I have a question about, you know, like um about just say like people once they have gotten to a state of some level of awareness um and they are embracing a certain kind of um an acceptable, let's just say acceptable level of self-love and they are in a relationship with someone else, you do encounter that those people occasionally will have issues or problems with one another. Yeah? Yes. Only because they're triggering in each other what's not yet resolved, which wants to be healed by the self, not the other. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Can you just I say that people... one more time? Just It's so important. Mm-hmm. Why is that happening? Yeah, so relationships are here to trigger what's unresolved within us that's coming up to be healed and lovingly embraced by us, not the other person. Correct. I mean, correct in the sense that that's amazing. You, You know, like that's so spot on. That's exactly what we all need to realize, even, even, even let's say the 
the issues that we may have with public figures, those things are triggering what needs to be healed inside ourselves, and we need to go in and be able to do the healing. We can't expect anyone, anyone outside of us to do that healing. We couldn't expect right. it as children even from our parents. Right? That it was always going to be all along a level of self-healing that was going to be able to guide us towards having an externalization of that in a loving relationship with another person. Yes, yes. I really do agree with you that the, the leaders here, you know, political leaders in the world right now, are really being a huge reflection for the the self-deception uh, and dishonesty that's happening you know, in, in most people on, on, uh, to some degree. Inside the self. Inside the self, because as you said earlier about emotional intimacy, that when 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 people hear in emotional intimacy, I I've often noticed that they are thinking intimacy with with the love inside, with the things, what's easy to be with inside. But I actually have to add to that and say, emotional intimacy is important not just with the comfortable, loving, light sweet and yummy parts of us, but the parts of us that are really difficult to be with, the parts of us that we want to deny and ignore and abandon because they're so uncomfortable to be with. And those are the parts of us that actually need our emotional intimacy the most. Those are the parts of us that need to know that they're okay and that they're still lovable regardless of how they feel. Correct. Yeah. Carl Jung called that the shadow. And yes, sort of a custom, yes. right, a customary psychology term for that is the shadow. And I talk a lot about the shadow, uh, being a Scorpio myself and having five planets in Scorpio. I'm pretty, um, you know, like geared towards looking at the shadow in myself and others and how there have been many writings about the shadow and how since it is a part of us, you know, have so many people come in and say, oh, and I hate that about myself. I just wish that I could get rid of that. And it's like, no, you can't because it's you. You know, right. so what are you going to do that? Are you going to hate that? Are you going to hate that? Like you just said you hate yourself. <laughs> Right, right. Right. It's like if if we have a child and we don't like the way they're behaving, we don't say, well, I hate the child and I want to get rid of them. No, we're forced to working out that relationship. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) And it's pretty dynamic. And we don't even tell them that we hate that part of them either. You know, like no. good parenting, you don't you don't say like I hate this part of you. You know, that's not that doesn't really help. <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I think right right now we're we're really hitting a point in 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 human history in which we are really being called to this divine appointment with our shadow to to heal it by lovingly embracing it and letting it know that it is safe to step into the light, that it is safe to step into a life of trusting the divine intelligence, which is love inside of ourselves. Right. It is. And and it's such a beautiful concept. And it is certainly a part of um, Scorpio energy because, you know, Scorpio also rules trust and distrust. It rules secrecy. Mm and privacy and hiding because mm. it rules sexuality and things like that. There's a lot of shame associated with it, um, just as an energy, not just for Scorpios, but just as an energy that we're all experiencing and we're all embracing. 
Um, so, yeah, in, in the light of the fact that we have a full-on year of some very complicated and deep self-intimacy that we're working with here, um, trust is, is an enormous thing that could come out of this year, that we would trust ourselves to be mm-hmm. able to navigate through who we are and recognize that we can be a whole individual and still be loved. Yes, we can only feel fully loved by ourselves, by life, and by others as we fully love every part of us. And I think the fear that people have when I bring this um, this idea up, which feels very radical, is, is the concern that if they love the parts of them that are not working for them, that they're never going to change. And that couldn't be farther from the truth because what they notice in a few moments of connecting inside is that as soon as people give their own love and support to the parts that are hurting, those parts of us blossom in Absolutely. beautiful ways and they end up having such a great source of love and support for us. That's quite surprising. It's true, though. It is true. Listen, I can't believe that we're already done with our time together, and I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. I want to You're let so our li- I want to let our listeners know that they can find you at GeminiFerry.com and that you have a practice in SoCal, but that you also work with people by Skype if they'd like to. And I just want to That's thank right. you so much for being on the show. It was amazing to chat with you today. Wonderful to connect with you as well. I wish everybody to know that that living light of love inside is calling you. It's ready for you. It's ready to love you all the way in every way in ways that you have been dreaming of being loved by others. It's right there, right inside of you. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. That was great. I absolutely loved that. I loved that conversation. Really wonderful. Thank you, Gemini, for being on the show with me today. To find out more about today's show or any of our episodes, they're all all, um, archived. Um, Please go to sageofstars.com in the Sage of Stars blog. You can find today's episodes, and all episodes are available there, or you can find our show on iTunes. And until next week, I'm Dr. Craig Martin. Thank you for joining me here. I'll be with you next Monday at noon Pacific.